0: Welcome back to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. And since it's Thursday, you know it. It's our favourite time of the week for a bit of artsing around with Andrew Dambina. How are you doing, Anders? Great to see you. Hi.
1: Yeah, hi. Thanks, Noreen. Good to see you too. Um, it's a bit of a cold day to be outside Broadcasting House, but uh, I'm, I, I'm enjoying the much finer weather of, uh, of kind of rural Malaysia, as you can see painted behind me.
0: I can. Uh, for the... <laughs> For our listeners do get on Facebook yes. if you get a chance to. Uh, Noreen Mair on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see Andrew Dambina in a wonderful little village in Malaysia. Is it Penang that you're in at the moment?
1: I think this one is painted from Penang. Basically, we did an interview last week for the listener's reminder um, of the, uh, the collectors and family. Um, it's a married couple, uh, the grandson of uh, one of the most famous contemporary Malaysian painters. His name is Yong Mun Sen, and he's a very um, collectible Painter, but he's also really interesting for the fact that comes from Chinese heritage, family with ancestral roots in Guangdong. Uh, As many people from China went around the region, his family went to live in Malaysia. And uh and we uh we were talking to people who are running this exhibition that is still on until this Sunday in the Malaysia building, top floor, uh Malaysian above the Malaysian Consulate in Wan Chai. Um, and it's called Nature as a Teacher and Model, Art Respecti- uh, Retrospective of Yong Mun Sen. And, be- and behind me, for, um, for anyone that can or can't see it, there's one of his really simple- simply applied uh, watercolours, which were um, le- self-learned on top of a childhood um, education in traditional Chinese ink painting and calligraphy. So he taught himself how to use Western watercolours, which is what this uh, really warm rural scene of, of, uh, of Malaysia is um, that I've got as a, um, as a Zoom background during this interview today. Um, and Noreen and I actually went to see the exhibition yesterday, um, which was, um, as I say, in Wan Chai at the t- above the Malaysian Consul General. And it was, um, it was really interesting. The artist um, who is a late artist is passed away now and was most active in the former half of the last century um, was obviously very influenced by Western art as well, even in a time, of course, you know, uh, pre-communications as they are today. It would be more like books from the library or art magazines where people would see the works of uh, modern painters of the time from Europe, America uh, and so on. But it's a great exhibition. There's only about 26 works um, or something like that. But, you know, with the, uh, uh, with the amount of, of uh, exhibitions that have been cancelled recently, it's one I really recommend anyone with a passing interest in both uh, art in general and regional art with, a, uh, um, with an anchor to, to, um, to, to, China, to the Chinese diaspora. Right, Noreen? We we uh, we were talking about that. It's a
0: real we? Hong Kong narrative as well. You know, a lot of our parents or our grandparents, you know, the the settlers in Hong Kong now, they really sort of moved away from the mainland China for various reasons, whether it's uh, social, economic, political, whatever reason it was to start a, a new life. And you know, with Munson, he he did that in Malaysia, started a new life. There, mm. so I, I'm sure it's a story that will resonate uh, with, with a lot of people who grew up with the stories of their parents and grandparents—a a real sort of uh, Chinese uh, diaspora there.
1: Yeah, well, that was. Um, if you want to hear more about that, you can go to Noreen's Facebook page, where we had a, an even longer interview with the two people who are putting it on, which is pretty interesting.
2: With Michael but, and uh, Senator. If you're interested in Siniza. art,
1: I'd say, yeah, yeah, go, 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 and um, have a look at Google the uh, Malaysian Chamber of Commerce. Um, Uh, website and you can book a time slot and it's free entry to go and see those other news in local um, world of arts in general again in fine arts really briefly a rarely seen early painting um, which would have been
0: um... (laughs) I'm sorry I cracked up because I think we lost Andrew Dambina there in the middle of of the chat um, Andrew Dambina joins us uh, this afternoon for Artsing Around um, we were live on Facebook there uh, for, for our Facebook listeners do uh, hang in there we'll try our best to get uh, Andrew Dambina uh, back on as soon as possible uh, he joins us uh, every Thursday to give us a bit of a global and local news updates and uh, earlier Andrew Dambina was talking about the late Yongman son, and uh, we managed to actually uh, go see the exhibition yesterday uh, together at, at the Malaysia. building uh, on 50 Gloucester Road in Wan Chai and it was amazing to see so many of his pieces uh, most of them were sort of a uh, post-war, uh, post-Japanese uh, 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 invasion of, of China. That there were there were some years where he stopped creating his art. And, and a little bit of an anecdote. Uh, we were told by uh, Siniza, um who is uh, uh, the, the, the the granddaughter-in-law of of Mansan, who told us that the Japanese actually asked him to create art uh, on behalf of them, a bit of a uh, propaganda art, uh, which he managed to refuse. Um we don't know how he did it because it seems like a, a difficult thing to be to, to, to tell, you know, the Japanese that like, you're not gonna create art for them. But he managed to do that. And he spent uh those years sort of with his eleven children, uh farming and sort of uh, creating a different life uh for for his family. And then after that, uh he also uh, managed uh to um uh, uh, get back in, in, into art, but uh, of course, art is a, a difficult thing to sort of uh, get back into once you, uh, because people are not sort of paying for art, um, and and but he managed uh, to do that, and um, I'm trying to also get Andrew Dambina back on the the program. Um, I can hear you, Andrew, but unfortunately, uh, I'm unable to connect you. Uh, I'm unable to connect you uh, live on air. At the moment, we're, we're having some uh, technical difficulties. So, um, alas, we need to go for a song and perhaps uh, revive this segment with Andrew Dambina.
2: It's crazy when the thing you love the most is the detriment and let that sink in. You can think again. When the hand you wanna hold is a weapon, and you're nothing but skin. Oh, cause I keep digging myself down.
0: on RTHK Radio 3 and the song is Graveyard. Right, I think we managed to get Andrew Dambina back on, not on Zoom, but on, on Facebook call. That's an interesting way. <laughs> Hi, how are you doing, Andrew?
1: Hello. Sorry, you probably just heard me into, reintroduce myself by laughing. As we, we, we did try a few various uh, uh, tech methods, but we won't bore the listener with that. Because
0: uh, I already yeah. did, trying to get you back on the line. I was like, sort oh. of kind of scrambling a little bit, but hey, that's all right. I yeah,
1: don't know what happened <laughs> with the Zoom. Okay, all right. When, well, I wanted to let um, the listener know, and yourself, Noreen, that uh, that there is the chance in Hong Kong very soon to see an incredibly rare painting by Vincent van Gogh, who, of course, is one of the kind of most famous 20th century masters. After your favourite Picasso, it's uh, he's he's going to there's a painting that he made in Paris uh, when he was in his when he was in his thirties, early thirties. That's going to be put on display, and public are allowed to go in and view it at Sotheby's auction house. And it's going to be um, an international bid because it's such a rare painting. Um, of the area of Montmartre, which uh, now is best known for the Sacré-Cœur uh, white uh, church that's on the top of a hill. But in the days when he lived there, uh, it shows, um, in the late 1880s, it shows Sacré-Cœur, which is a, a hill in, in urban Paris, as a, um, as, a, as, a, as a load of fields with windmills, which is hard to believe. And so it's 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 historical artefact of the neighbourhood itself, but it's also um, it, it's also a work that has been in a private collection, never seen before in public.
0: Wow! Um, so how did? Yeah, that's gonna be. And it's in Hong Kong, or
1: it will be in Hong Kong uh, this uh, this month. I'll give you the date in a moment. But uh, I'm just I'm just I'm just looking for those. I do have the date somewhere. But it's going to be um, uh, have a look at uh, the the listener. The listener should uh, make an appointment to see it. Um, it's uh, because it's very high security. The painting is expected to go for between 5 and 8 million euros. That's a whopping 47 to 75 million Hong Kong dollars. Um, so it's going to be shown in Amsterdam, uh, Hong Kong, and Paris prior to being auctioned at the end of this month. Oh,
0: wow. So. Yeah. Oh, um, but I feel a bit sad that it's being auctioned be- off because that means if, if a private collector gets their hands on it, that means like the public won't get to see it.
1: That's really true. Uh, this has been in the hands of a private collector for um, for more than one generation and it wasn't even known that it existed until it was taken and authenticated uh, wow. at the auction house. So it really is a rare opportunity uh, for, the public, for the public to see it, because it, it could be bought by an institution or by a private collector. We won't know until it happens. Mm-hmm. It's called A Street Scene in Montmartre, and um, you can find it by looking online under Sotheby's at the moment. Um, and um, it will be, um, yeah, it will be uh, shown next week in Hong Kong. Get the exact dates at the uh, because you need to book appointments. You can't just stroll in. So, um, so, so it's best to go to the website of Salabimis Hong Kong to find out the exact dates of next week. It's a few days next week.
0: What's it called again, Andrew? On. Sorry, um, Vincent.
1: It's, it's van... called yeah. It's called a street scene in Montmartre, and it's by Vincent van Gogh, the uh, the pa- the painter who was born in uh, Holland but lived most of his uh, artist practicing life in France. So uh, while he lived in Paris, he painted this painting. He lived with his brother in the neighbourhood of Montmartre. So it's actually stuff that he saw a few minutes where he lived with his brother which is quite fascinating as well
0: wow for our listeners yeah. I'm just trying to get on the yep I'm just trying to get a picture of that onto the Facebook live so people oh, can, can, can yeah. sort I sent, of see I it sent,
1: I, sent you, I sent you a picture of that actually on oh, WhatsApp yeah. uh, earlier um, it, it, it's um, yeah that's uh, that's the framed picture being being held very carefully by two auction type pairs of uh, to, uh, of hands with rubber gloves on so as not to damage the gold frame as it's in um, so, uh, yeah, you know, you know, for, for one of the most famous paintings in the world of modern art, Vincent van Gogh, um, he, he died, uh, under the age of 40, which is quite remarkable, because he's best known for, uh, his much brighter sunflower paintings and, uh, a painting series called Starry Night. Yes. Um, but this one is, uh, is, is actually more of a kind of a painting of a neighbourhood that he lived in for a little while, for a few years in Paris. Yes. So... Yeah. And moving on to something completely different, for those of you who haven't heard already, who are missing all kinds of uh, arts, um, the arts of pop music and dance, Clock and Flap, as many people may or may not know, has announced within the last uh, week that it will be back if uh, if there are no um, reasons for it not to be for health reasons in November. And that is Friday the 26th. To Sunday the 28th of November, Clock and Flap, the open air music festival by the Harbour Front and Central, will be back. Um, there is no lineup of bands, but early bird tickets have just become available from now only until March the 16th to get, you know, kind of an early bird price there and uh, help the organisers uh, get their coffers together um, to, to bring bands over, fingers crossed, double fingers crossed, in November.
0: Everything uh, for us. I'm looking forward to it. It's nice. I got a message from Ali Howe, actually, um, for our listeners. Ali Howe uh, hosts um, and produces uh, The Common Room uh, week- weekdays from uh, 9 till 10. She just said she's starving for live music, any live music. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of absolutely. our listeners resonates with, with, with this thought also.
1: Yeah, and, and, and also um, a lot of... Uh... Um, starving for anything that's live, including art galleries. They are still not all fully open. And also, I mentioned two or three weeks ago the arts festival is now in full flow, but it's completely online. So it, uh, just over the weekend just passed, they they started to uh, host their first performances online, and I signed up for the in- inaugural concert last Saturday night, which was. The Hong Kong Chinese Orchestra, um, which was being beamed from the uh, from the stage of the Cultural Centre's Grand Theatre, and uh, I uh, I, ha- I have to say the poor Hong Kong Arts Festival was blighted with technical problems, like we have been today, Noreen. Um, for um, for the uh, for the first 18 minutes, they couldn't get a stream up. So I think we've done quite well.
0: Really? <laughs> I, I've seen better days. I must admit, it's not my finest moments of scrambling. I apologize uh, to our listeners, but they're are so you're, you're so lovely. They're, yeah, they're, they're they're forgiving, right? I hope I don't get any sort of email complaints later on. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully yeah,
1: yeah. I've got I've got to say though, because of the problems at the uh, at the Hong Kong Arts Festival for their launch production by the Hong Kong Chinese Orchestra, they made it available to people to watch, as I did, because it was impossible to watch it on Saturday night when it was supposed to be on. I watched it on Monday night, which is when they re- they recorded it and they made it available as a stream on Monday night. And it was fantastic. It really is... Uh, if, you, if anyone wants to see creativity, a mixture of traditional Chinese orchestral music with all the traditional Chinese instruments, mixed with a very open-minded uh, uh, overlap sometimes with electronic instruments, sometimes with uh, taking modern themes and uh, and making uh, using traditional Chinese instruments but giving it a new modern twist. There was a really amazing new production that was made for this festival by local composer Chan Ming-Chi, who made a new composition called It's the East Wind uh, Again. From uh, uh, from his tale of the mahjong heroes, and this was incredible. It was it had such a modern edge to it. And yes, it was using almost totally Chinese traditional instruments, but with a few modern touches here and there, with percussion and with um, using a cello from uh, from a Western style orchestra as well. Interesting.
0: A- any guzheng there? Zha?
1: <laughs> there, there were I sent you a couple of pictures I sent Noreen some pictures and she says that because my son who's now 18 and doesn't want to play any musical instrument uh, learnt the Gujang which is the 21 string Chinese river for 10 years he became quite proficient but uh, but as many kids and teenagers do he gave up his interest in it. He it gave was, it um,
0: all up, and, and you spend so much investing in that. Oh, Andrew! Yeah. Oh, it, it, was, it, it, the was, it was the sentiment of the many parents listening right now. Oh,
1: yeah. You know, we, we have to tell ourselves if this happens to one of us, who may own a child that gives up a musical instrument. that, um, that they that, that during that period, they got something from it, and also it helps the left and right side of the brain balance. I think to uh, to <laughs> not to not be just studying all the time, but to have some creative input. I'm going to move on really quickly Maru, to another, another topic, um, which is that uh, in the uh, art Centre in Wan Chai, there is now a screening of the Independent Film and Video Awards, which takes in interest from all over the Asian region. It's an annual event that's been going off for 26 years. It's 26-1 now. And it's in conjunction with a um, with a physical exhibition in the Power Galleries, which is also in the Art Centre, the Hong Kong Art Centre in Wan Chai, and the idea of the exhibition is that we often go and see films, but we don't know uh, or we don't think about some of the other creative elements that go behind what we're watching. That is primarily visual. When we go and watch a film, like they're showing lots of short films and animations, we we don't think about the sound too much or about props and so on. So they've got a multimedia exhibition in their big gallery space at the same time where some filmmakers have also turned their hand to exhibiting in multimedia. And there's some really cool things happening. For example, there's a Swiss artist duo who have got a sound installation that reacts... When you walk into a circle, um, it reacts with projecting sounds and, and sampled... Uh, sorry, sampled sounds and... Uh, Projecting light uh, that reacts differently depending on where you're standing uh, in a in a way that uh, is has been used by them with their technical know-how from uh, using film and sound projection for uh, for making movies. And there's a Dutch artist in there and an American coding artist who has made some kind of uh, machine that you can go in and uh, uh, and you make you you can be. Uh, uh, put it, You give a new input, a questionnaire that's on a screen, and it will create a perfume, a scent for you, depending on the answers that you give, which are about your personality. It's a multi-kind of media, multi-sensory.
0: Sure, that sounds really cool.
1: It does, and you know what? I think, like, I know you've got young kids. I've got a kid who's a bit of a tricky one to drag along to a gallery now. He's 18, but I think for younger kids, I used to take my son to a lot of exhibitions. This is going to be playing on all the senses. I think it could be very entertaining for young children. Um, so that's something to bear in mind. It's on now until the 14th of March at um, the uh, the Art Centre in one okay. Um uh, So uh, also, if I have a moment to just mention one more thing. Um, there's um, Art Buzzle would normally be on right now in the month of May, which is sometimes called Art Month in Hong March. Kong. Of course, it's...
0: month of March. Yeah, it's
1: not. It, uh, yeah, yeah, it's not functioning as Art Month really. March this year. However, they have launched the People at Art Buzzle, um a new, brand new digital film program that's worth a look online. It's just launched in the last week, and there's a series of online screenings by uh, um, the Art Buzzle film curator, whose name is Lee jen Ho, and um, he's selected for the first screening something. And I heard you talking to Sadi just before about things Korean. Um, his is a, a is a 15-minute film by a uh, an art filmmaker from Korea. Actually, it's a duo called Moon Kwang Won and Jeon Ju Ho, and it's a it's. I've watched this uh, because I just wanted to see what it was like, but it's worth mentioning today. It really is. It's like an episode, it's like an arty episode of Black Mirror for anybody who has seen that program, which is, uh, which basically is where technology takes over from human life. Uh, it follows one person uh, in a very high-tech environment. It's very coolly done with electronic music, no speaking, following one person who... Uh, we think it either is going through some kind of time and space travel through gadgetry that they step into with very good CGI effects, or it's all in their mind. You have to decide when you watch it whether it's all in their mind or whether it is uh, something that they are really stepping into in their domestic environment. Pretty cool watch. Go to artbuzzle.com and look for their new digital film programme.
0: Excellent. I'm just jotting all of this down so that I can do all of the things that you recommended uh, sometime before. Yeah. Remind our listeners once again, uh, between now until the 14th of March at the at the Art Centre, do you have to book yeah. it in advance?
1: Um, the, at the Art Centre, no. You go along, you just you just turn up and it's at the Power Galleries. It's free entry at the Hong Kong Art Centre. Um, but if you want to watch any of the streamings, which are the 26th uh, Independent Film and Video Award, you do have to book tickets for that on herbtex.com.
0: Excellent. Films. Excellent. Well, yeah. Andrew, such a pleasure to have you on the programme again. Thank you so much for joining us and you'll be back next week uh, with us for, for a bit of artsing around. Thank you very much indeed.